You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. I'm glad I showered. Jesus Christ. Yeah. My um, freezing cold shower. I'm doing that now. Do you guys take cold showers? No. I Fuck always no. was like, don't be a piece of shit. Don't take a cold shower. It's the you don't want to be that kind of person. And then I started oh, doing no. it. I feel great. It works. I, I'll be honest with you. I'm sure it does work. I have no doubt that it works. I honestly like and I just don't want to experience that that sensation. I don't like that. Like I don't like, you know, um, but I but I you know, there have been times in my life where I've done like, you know, the hot the the really cold to really hot kind of dip back and forth. And then there was one time, I think it was like maybe two years ago, where I did uh one of those cryotherapy mm-hmm. things where you, you know, but um it wasn't the kind where if you've ever seen them where like you're sitting in a pod and your head is sticking out of it, it wasn't like that. It was literally like going into a little closet that was like a hundred and you know, ten below zero. And you stood in there naked for two minutes. It was insane. It was the craziest <laughs> thing I ever did. Yeah, I couldn't do that. See, we're talking like yeah. cold shower like like jumping into a cold pool and then eventually it gets warm. That's what's interesting. But you just tell yourself, ah, we right. can do hard things. We can do hard things. It's my new mantra. We do hard things. That's what we do. We get in a cold yes. shower and then that's how we start our day. It's 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 going well. I'm, I'm sure it is. I, I envy you that you are able to do that. Well, you know, I'm pretty much a big deal. So this just, is a good way to start. Well, I like, I like <laughs> this. Joe and Dan, Joe and Dan taking cold showers with Adam Pascal. Well, put that on a headline. Here we are. So an actor is saying his lines, and then out of nowhere, he just starts singing. Five, six, seven, eight. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, we're so excited that you're here. Thank you for, for coming and, and, and chatting with us this morning. Um, we wanna, I wanted to you just bet. jump into to what you're, you're, you have a show coming up next week. I do. And, and so yeah. we, we, we heard about this. We're, we, we're going to nerd out about all, your entire career and all of the cool stuff. But what, what is this show? What's going on with this show you're doing next week? So this is um this is a, an acoustic retrospective of my career. It's a show that I started doing live, you know, before the lockdown. I was doing it for about a year or so prior to the lockdown, um, and it, it seemed like a good type of project to try and put out there during the lockdown. It was because it's just me. You know, it's just me and and my guitar and I talk to the audience and I tell stories and I, I talk about my experiences, not even necessarily in the show itself, but 
uh, I talk about like where I was in my life during a mm. certain show that I was in or like, and it's, and I try and to tie it all together. Um, I talk about how I got into doing musical theater, um, which is a pretty unorthodox way, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and so, um, and that, the, and, you know, and so I, and I take people chronologically through, uh, you know, starting with rent and, and my audition for rent and then, and it goes up through pretty woman. Um, and so, and also look at it, it's, it's taken 25 years for me to accumulate enough shows on Broadway that I could put a show like this together and have like a solid, <laughs> a solid hour of material to, you know, right. um, and so, but what, so what I did with, with the version that's coming out next week, um, is I filmed it in my apartment that I was living in, in Vegas. Right. And I, so I set up like three cameras, um, and by cameras, I mean, iPhones, yep. you know, yeah. and, um, uh, but, but 4k iPhones, like, right, you know, right. yeah, I mean like super high depth. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I shot the, I shot myself recording all the songs live. It's all live. Um, I've got like a studio mic in front of me and I'm just playing and singing and, and we recorded it on these three cameras and it's a nice black backdrop and whatever. Um, and it looked, it looks great. But then I was like, how am I going to do the other stuff? The other part of the show, which is talk to the, you know, talk to the audience and tell these stories that are very much a part of the show. It's not just about the music. And, um, and so I, I, I really didn't want to just talk to the camera that, that seemed kind of stale to me. It didn't seem like that that would translate in the way that I wanted it to translate. So as luck would have it, buddy of mine, Jared Emick, Tony winner, Jared Emick, uh, lives in Vegas and, uh, and I was living in Vegas at the time. And, and so I called him up and I said, will you do me a favor? Come over. I'm going to set up these cameras and, uh, we'll have a couple of beers and, uh, I want you to interview me. Mm. And that's what he did. And, uh, and, and it worked out great. It was perfect because I needed somebody to talk to right. somebody to tell, you know, not just the, the, uh, the amorphous, you know, void of looking into a camera, mm -hmm. but I needed a, an actual person to sort of play off of. Um, and it ends up working out great. And so, and that's, that's the show. That's what everyone's going to see. So it's, it is live performance. Um, you know, the music is recorded live. There's no trickery. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, and, uh, and, and then it's just me and Jared talking interspersed. Oh my gosh. That sounds awesome. That sounds super cool. That sounds like, it's like, you know, th these are the things that the, the productive nature of the pandemic where people are like doing things like this and, and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's very inspiring. Well, thanks. I, you know, I did, I did a number of things during the pandemic to varying degrees of success, you know, <laughs> um, because, because, well, because they're all experimental, you know what I mean? Like and, this podcast. And, and, and I, and <laughs> some good stuff came out of that. About, you know, and I just mean stuff that will carry on, in, I think, into the future, mm. certainly for me. Yeah. But a lot of stuff I, I, I never want to see again. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, um, like the virtual musical stuff, like I was so grateful to have those jobs and I had so much fun doing them and making them. But I don't ever want to do that again. Right. You know, yeah. that's not something that I was, you know. Um, so um, it was an interesting experience in that it was like, oh, this works great. This was fun. This was, And I would do this again. This, no, never again. Right. So, right. Right. I just did a lot of staring at the wall, I feel like. Sometimes I look back and I'm like, it's August? Oh, man. How I did, did that, too. Here? I did that, too. I, you know, I did that, too. I, I stared at the wall. I stared at my iPad for months and uh -huh. months on end. Uh -huh. You know, I can't watch any more Family Guy. I can't, <laughs> although I do. <laughs> uh, but, I, you know, like, I can't, I can't watch any more of these shows that, you know, I, I, I've, I've watched out, honestly. Yeah. Like, people are like, you need to watch. I'm like, don't eat don't go any further. I'm not watching it. Whatever you say, I'm not watching it because I can't watch anymore. 
my fucking eyes hurt yeah. from staring at the screen like my whole life. That being totally. said, you should watch White Lotus. It's really good. <laughs> well, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Actually, this is White, White Lotus. White Lotus is turning into that the new thing where it is the, one of those shows that it's like if you're not watching it, oh, you're not watching White Lotus, and I'm not watching it yet. And I, I talked to Dan 400 times a day, and he's like, "You got to watch this show." And I'm like, "You know what? I'll watch what I want right, to watch. All right, Wh- when I want to watch it. What's so special? Yeah, what's so special about this show that everyone has to watch it? What's so special about it? Go ahead. Just Go. just rock star cast, and uh, in the pilot episode, the first thing that happens is that you find out that someone died. So they start in the future at the end of this okay. vacation, and okay. then after the cold, after the credits run. They take you back to the vacation at this beautiful resort in Hawaii where you know something's going to fall apart because someone's going to die. And now we're five episodes in. We still don't know who's going to die, but some, something's going to happen. So it's just mm. you're kind of waiting for something to happen, but it doesn't live in a place that's too dramatic. Uh, it's very, it's v- right. very much a dramedy mm-hmm. and all-star cast. So okay, that's the sell. Sounds, sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys ever heard of the show uh, Dark? The Ger- the German, uh, I think it was, it was on Netflix. It's called Dark. No, um, that was a really amazing show. Like I don't, I don't, and I'm not saying you should watch it. I'm just saying like I was really surprised. Like somebody had recommended to me, and it was during the time when I was watching shows, <laughs> and I got so into it. It's fascinating. Like it's it's such a good show. Mm. Just like check out what it's about, and it's it's just like a, a total trippy you know, mess with your mind, kind of time jumping. And the ca- again, it's, it's, I mean, you could describe it similarly to what you just said, rock star cast, all these people, but, but it's in German. And, mm. and so, you know, it's subtitles. You have to read uh, it. But it's yeah. just, I, you, I, you Dan, do Dan doesn't it. know yeah. how to read. Um, so. I don't read. That's, that's also <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dan, can I can I can I ask my uh, my Aida question? Can I can I, I jump in? I just want you to know that I'm nervous, but you can do okay. what you want. Right. It's not. It's <laughs> actually it's person. it's not a que- it's not actually a question. It's it's a story. Um, and I've okay. I mean we Dan and I both are, are just massive fans of yours and your career and Thank everything. You. I mean, so much of what we love about musical theater came from the shows that you you built and you know I I we love I mean Rent. We've talked about it so endlessly on the show, and we'll get to that. I'm, I'm sure, but. Aida, I have, a, I have this crazy Aida story, and I've always wanted to meet you because oh, I just wanted I to, story. I wanted to just like share this with you, and I was hoping that we'd get to Please. meet at some point. So um, I grew up in Chicago, and I saw Aida out of town in Chicago in 1999, 2000, right? 
Yes. Yes. It was probably, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, we celebrated the millennium, I think in Chicago, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my, (laughs) I grew up in a Western suburb and and my mom used to take me to like everything that would come to, to Chicago, the Goodman, Steppenwolf, the whole thing. And so we, she gets tickets to this new, you know, out of town tryout of, of this musical called Aida. And, you know, we know nothing about it. And it was so exciting to see something, you know, to know nothing. I mean, I'll never forget sitting there watching Written in the Stars with the star backdrop with, you know, being like, how did they do that? You know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the night in previews when the tomb went up and crashed to the floor. You were there that night? I was night? in the audience that night. Oh my God. I mean, dude, that's fascinating to me because I, I, I'm so excited to hear your perspective because clearly that was a huge event in my life. And I tell this story all the time. I've been telling it every, you know, you know, I talk about it all the time cause it almost fucking killed me. Yeah. So like, um, yeah, no, you know, I, I just, I, I wanted to, I want, I mean, I want to hear your perspective as the person. So, so basically for, I mean, I've told the story on the show before, but if people haven't heard it. So at the end when, uh, Rodimus, uh, and when, when you and, and Aida are buried together, buried alive, uh, in previews, the, the tomb, you guys enter, you know, they throw you in the tomb together. And, uh, when I saw it in previews, the tomb rose up like 15, 20 feet in the air over the stage. And, I'm sitting there watching it and I'm sitting next to my mom and you're, and I, you know, I was hearing, you could kind of hear something. I remember this like so sort of viscerally and then something snapped and the tomb crashed 20 feet to the, to the stage. And I will never forget. So like I was, I was young, this happened. You guys, the thing crashes to the floor. You guys roll out onto the stage and the curtain comes flying in and the you know and truly i never heard it before in my life is there a doctor in the house over the over the over the the speaker and mm-hmm. my mom just grabs my hand and we we bolt and we just like head out cuz she was like i don't know what's going to happen yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and i don't want my you know i was young at the time so you know she dra- yeah. dragged me out of there but we're in the car on the way home and she goes i'm flashing back to this she goes did you see Adam pa- Adam Pascal put his arm in front of Heather Headley to protect her from falling out. Like the thing was crashing, and she remembers you like grabbing, almost like you do like a, like a like a loved one when you're driving, and you know that you slam on the brakes yeah. and you put your arm in front of him. And right. I remember I like have this crazy crazy memory of this, and then. A couple of weeks late, you know, we checked the, the Chicago Tribune the next morning, like, oh my gosh, are they going to be okay? And it, you know, comes out that you guys were okay. And we got a couple of tickets to, you know, to the show a couple of weeks later. And we came back and we saw the whole thing. And the tomb was on the stage. <laughs> that's right. Okay. So that, that, what, that's such an amazing account because pr- pretty much everything that you said is exactly how I remember it. Of course, I don't remember you know, doing that, what your mom remembered because it was in the moment. I, I'm glad to know that I did that, <laughs> you know, right. that I tried to protect her. I do know that I was very concerned because actually when we just did stars in the house, uh, we had our, our Aida reunion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, 
I forget who was saying they were, who was backstage and they were saying they could hear us over the microphones. And I was like, Heather, it's going to be okay. You're okay. Like I was like talking to her while we were laying on the stage, you know, and they could hear us on backstage. They, they could hear us on the mics, wow. you know? Um, so I'm glad to know that I, <laughs> that I wasn't like, uh, George Costanza in, in Seinfeld, he <laughs> runs out when the room's on fire and pushes everybody out. Oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah, but I honestly remember, I remember it, um, pretty much exactly how you described it. The only difference is that from my recollection, when the thing actually fell, it, it, it actually fell like two feet first and then it stopped for maybe a second or two and then it fell the rest of the way. Wow. You know what I mean? Oh, so it's kind of like gave out. It didn't fully give out right away. It went like, jink, you know what I mean? But that might've been something that was like imperceptible to the audience. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and it also, it happened so fast. It was just like, dun, dun, you know, but it was fast enough for Heather and I to look at each other and go, like we knew it, we knew it was happening. Like it gave us a second to register it as opposed to it just dropping. Wow. Oh so what did gosh. you do? Did you, yeah. how did you brace yourself inside? Like, well, we kind of didn't really, I mean, it, it was so fast, you know what I mean? The whole thing, it just happened so fast. So whatever we did, you know, I mean, it, it just, it came down. And like you said, we rolled out onto the stage and, uh, I remember I had the wind knocked out of me. Um, and, um, and old, and, and actually I, these muscles, you're, I think they're like Transverse. your intercostal muscle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, I tore a bunch of these muscles oh, like so in my, yeah. Which are, of course for a singer could like, couldn't be the wor yeah. a worse place oh. to do it. Um, and, uh, and I, and, and I think Heather kind of like fell on top of me or like, you know, I, I, I again, I kind of braced her <laughs> fall. Yeah. I, I don't think that one was on purpose, yeah. but I think she kind of fell on top of me. Um, and, um, yeah, but no, we were hurt, definitely. Um, and here's the funny thing. A doctor did come running up on stage, a lovely woman. I don't remember this really. I remember a little bit of it, but she was a dermatologist. And she came up and she was like, I am a doctor. I am a dermatologist, but I am a doctor. And, you know, like she was lovely from my recollection. Oh my God. Oh my God. So well, you, I, but you didn't hit your head and you didn't have any more serious injuries than just like this, these torn muscles? Correct. Wow. Yeah. So we, um, so if, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that was a Tuesday night. Um, and so, uh, we were, uh, we were out of the show Wednesday, mm -hmm. two shows on Wednesday, our amazing understudies, um, Eric Scotto and Shelly Williams mm. went on, wow. uh, that I mean, completely. Never in a million years would they expect. Would they think that they were going to go on right, right. our second preview out of town? Right. And yet here they were, and they got through two shows. So with no because they are wow. consummate pros. But anyway, we were back in the show. You know, look, would we have benefited from a good week or two weeks off? Absolutely. But there was a lot riding on this right. situation, and they were like if you can at all go back in, please go back in. And so we were back in Thursday night and I was all taped up and like, you know, just, you know, but you know, look, the, the show must go on. That, that's kind of true to a certain extent. I've done that many times in my career since like taped up parts of my body, yeah. you know what I yeah. mean? So just to like get through it. I remember, um, uh, I was, I was asked to close. I was the final MC for cabaret uh -huh. and, uh, it was, the most exciting, most important job I had ever had. You know what I mean? It was, it was, it, it was everything to me. And I had the most unbelievable experience. It changed my life. But on the last day, um, uh, I th I'm trying to remember if it was the night before the last or there was a matinee, whatever it was, I blew the 
fuck out of my knee on stage in the show before the last show, like so bad that I had to leave the show. Like, I mean, you know, I, I, so I left the show in the middle of the show, my understudy finished it, but I was like, there is no way I am not going to do this last performance. Uh, you know, this, this means everything to me. They hired me to close the show. You know right. what I mean? I can't not do the last performance. So again, I just taped it up and took all ad, everything I could, you know, and I got through it, you know, and, wow. uh, um, but you know, and, and again, I've done that in, in, in Memphis. I remember I, I hurt my arm really bad once, like on stage, I ran into the corner of a table during a scene, like full speed and like this metal corner just like blew out this, these muscles and again, you tape it up, you yeah. go, you do yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, you know, we're not, we're not athletes. You know, you, you want to, you want to say that, that musical theater, you know, that Broadway eight shows a week is not like a, a high contact sport. I mean, yeah, no, it, it is. It definitely yeah. is. Yeah, for sure. Oh my yeah. gosh. Full on. That's crazy. Um, well, I would love to go back, to, to step back in time prior to Aida and before we sure. scoot ahead to all of the other amazing things you did. Um, so I've heard your story, read your story, listened to your story and other things, and now here we are getting to talk to you. But for people who don't know, Rent was your first audition. Is that true? It was. That is true, yeah. Can you talk a little um, bit about so, that story? Yeah, absolutely. So... Uh, so I grew up in New York, um, uh, in, in New York City and on Long Island, um, and I played in rock bands, you know, my whole life. I discovered singing uh, at a really young age, but it, it wasn't musical theater or being an actor that that I was drawn to. It was it was rock bands. Mm. So 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 being an actor never actually occurred to me. It was never something that I ever wanted to do. Um, so I played in bands for many, many years. And uh, and in the mid 90s, um, uh, I had just left the band that I was with. And I got a call from an old friend of mine, Idina Menzel, who I grew up with. Oh, uh, no she, way. yeah, she, she grew up down, literally down the street from me. And I've been friends with her since third grade, you know, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. <laughs> wow. That's um, wild. And so, uh, yeah. And so she said, I'm, I'm doing this off Broadway musical and there's a character that they're having a hard time casting. And it's, he it, it sounds a lot like you and, uh, they're seeing people who don't have any prior theater experience. And I thought of you, is it something you would consider? And I considered it and I, and because, because the audition was just go in with my guitar and sing a song. So I said, well, yeah, okay, why not? It's, it's somebody to sit down and play in front of at that point in my life. Like mm -hmm. that meant something. Mm -hmm. I didn't even think of it almost as an audition. I was like, you mean I can play in front of one person instead of just sitting in my bathroom, sitting on the toilet. Right, right, you know? right, right, right. I was living, well, I was, I was living with a, I was living with a woman at the time. We were living in a studio apartment and honestly the only place I could go to play. Um, and I couldn't even play an acoustic guitar because it was too loud. I just had an electric guitar that I wouldn't plug in and I would go into the bathroom. And so if I'm not mistaken, I actually think that my audition for Rent, I played on an electric guitar, but not plugged in because that's all I had. Wow. You wow. know, like I showed up there with an electric, like some piece of shit, electric, <laughs> you know, like guitar that of course there was nowhere to play. Yeah. I think I must've been how I, yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Wow. I mean, there was one, I, there's, and Dan and I were talking about this before you, you hopped on, that there's a lot of lore for all of us that love Rent and, and how it completely shaped the musical theater zeitgeist as we know it. There's a lot of like lore behind it. Like, what did this really happen? Did that, you know, stories or whatever. And one of the stories that I heard about your audition was that a lot of people were, I'm sure this is exaggerated, but that like, there was a line of guys sh who showed up to audition dressed like Alice Cooper. 
and you were sitting at the end of this line just dressed like you like a like a guy who just like is a musician and it was like and it was like oh no like we want that guy i don't necessarily think that that's true but it's not true at all. <laughs> Good it's to not know. even close. To check it. Check it off the list. Is like that's not real. Not Got even it. close Got to it. true because 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 look, this was an unknown thing. Mm -hmm, you know what yeah. I mean? Like there wouldn't have been a line of anybody lining up to audition for Rent back then because it wasn't Rent. It was it was just something. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And so 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 um no, I walked in and there was, from my recollection, in all honesty, there was one guy in front of me it was like some little room that was rented that bernie telsey rented there was no place to even have people line up it was like some little office some little room um yeah. and i walk in and there was a guy in front of me like some dude with long hair and like a denim jacket or whatever from my recollection and he went in he sang and then i don't even know if there was anyone else there there may have been a person coming in as i was going in mm. but but there was nobody there no, that's that's story is total bullshit. I love that. <laughs> I love it. We need to call some professors from college and let them know that they're full of shit. Yeah, that's amazing. That's but so that's a good, good point, though. You know, I know that you've spoken about, and I think there's something interesting there. The the uh, the ability of a show like Rent to capture the imaginations of a new generation of theater fan, which is something that we've seen now with. Hamilton and you know with now this in the heights movie that is going to kind of open up a new sound to like new groups of people who may fall in love with theater for the first time did you recognize that that like when did that become something that you thought oh shit this might be something was it not until Tony's and Pulitzer time or, or you know no well you know we we knew it was something be before everyone else knew it was something. Sure. You know what I mean? And what I mean by that is we didn't know if this was going to be successful, but we knew from the very beginning that was it was really special and really interesting and really different. And not only because we felt it, but just the, the reactions from the people in the inner circle. And, and mm -hmm. you know, and of course, it, when you're in the inner circle, you have those reactions. But there was just something about it you could tell. Um, and there was this chemistry between the 15 of us that was just like you couldn't you know it was like lightning in a bottle mm -hmm. you know like we we just like we all f it fell in love with each other mm -hmm. you know and we couldn't we couldn't get enough of each other and like you know um so but no it, it's only in hindsight that you can look back and, and see you you mentioned uh you know you know joe the the you know how it sort of has changed the zeitgeist of musical theater i agree with you it has but only in hindsight are you able to see that and, and go wow and look back 25 years it's been 25 years and and see all the things that it has wrought you know mm -hmm. and all the and all the you know and all the, the 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 branches that have come off you know like like lynn and like you know mm -hmm. um tom kitt and pasik and paul and like and all these like these all these composers that are so influenced by jonathan right. um and not just rent by jonathan his other stuff whatever it right. is you know what i mean it's just um and uh and 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 you can hear it in the music you know and you can pull things out and go oh my god that is you know especially with lynn's music which i love because he, he, he you you see you can hear the influence you can but then he twists it and and, yeah. and does such a unique thing with it and it's just it's so cool yeah when i think you i, I was just thinking about this now that that would i mean rent obviously for so many but like being sung through that 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 Hamilton being in in the Heights is there's more scenes and stuff, but I wonder if that was at all in his head that like like does does Hamilton sing all the way through if Rent was not written? I mean, I don't know if there is a Lin Manuel Miranda without a without a Jonathan Larson, but you know, well, sure, many, I mean, many certainly things. not the one that exists now. Totally. Right. There there isn't. You right. know? Yeah, yeah. 
kind of a shitty question, but when you look back Classic. at that time, <laughs> is there something that you that you take away from the whole rent experience? I mean, it's been so much a part of your life, you know, for your whole career. Like, is there something that you value the most or that you're like, you know, wait, that the, the coolest part about that whole thing was X? The people, mm. the relationships that I made mm. and the, the lifelong friendships, yeah. you know, the Daphne's and the Jesse's and the Anthony's and, you know, like, and the Wilson's and, uh, you know, it's like mm. the, 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 the love I have for these people that are now my family, you know, that's, that's, that's the undoubtedly the, the best, you know, for me personally, part of the whole experience. Mm. Mm. That's so cool. That's so cool. Totally. So you start this show, which becomes, you know, a worldwide phenomenon and you star in the movie and, and, you know, you go from being a rock star without any acting experience to like, at this point now you're a bona fide. Broadway. I do not go from being a rock star. Sure. Not sure. at all. A rock I, went from, singer. I went from being a, sure. Fair. <laughs> Thank you. Fair. Yeah. Let's clarify. Fair, fair. Um, <laughs> I, I see. Um, a true real life Roger Davis. Um, and you know, yes, then you exactly. became, you kind of like found this career as, a bona fide Broadway actor in yep. dozens of, of shows. And, yep. and did you ever have a moment where you were like, what the fuck am I doing here? I don't belong here. <laughs> did you ever start training? Yeah. Do you did like, no, well, the training for me has always been like, you know, I have a sort of an interesting relationship with that concept. Yeah. And, and I've been fortunate enough to, get all my training on the stage. Sure. People have been crazy enough to hire me to do things that I didn't know how to do and allowed me to learn to do them on a stage on Broadway. Sure. So, yeah. um, so, you know, th that's where my training has come from and, and it's been invaluable. And I, I wouldn't, you know what I mean? It's, I, I couldn't have asked for better training than that kind. Cause that's what works for me. You know what I mean? Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, um, um, See, I just got sidetracked. I got distracted. What was your original thing? What were we talking about? Just did you ever feel like you didn't belong? Like, uh, oh yes, I way? always, always did, always did. Especially in the very beginning, those first few years. Mm -hmm. And it really wasn't until cabaret mm. that, because because doing cabaret for me did so many different things, you know, um, personally and professionally. But I knew after Aida, I I had to make a. A, a, a leap in a way, a leap of faith in myself and, a, and, a, and take a risk knowing that like, if I didn't do something that showed that I can do more than people have already seen in these two shows, then I was going to get pigeonholed as mm -hmm. just like the Broadway rock guy, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and so, um, so, you know, I, I aggressively pursued that job in cabaret, you know, for the entire run it was on, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I knew that I had to succeed in it. I didn't know if I could, and I was terrified once I got the job, but, um, but I did. And, and that instilled in me this, this, this respect for this thing that we do. And this, this, this newfound respect that I didn't have up until that point. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and, 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 and it also showed me that I could work incredibly hard at something and have it pay off. I'd never done that before, not hard in the way and honestly, but not, and when I say work hard, not in the way that I learned that role in two weeks and, and nailed it on night one. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it, I worked cause that's all you get is, is two weeks. And so I, 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 I think I probably rehearsed between actually being in a rehearsal studio and all the work I did at home, like, you know, 15 hours a day, 16 hours a day. Like I was just like, I have to get this in my skin. It's gotta be in my body before I hit the stage or it's not going to, I won't be able to do what I want to do, you yeah. know? So, um, so it just, it changed my life in that way. And, and also again, and then people in the industry said, Oh wow, he can do other stuff and, and he can act, you know? And, right. and, um, so, uh, but 
especially when I like when I got the Tony nomination for Rent, I I felt so guilty. I was like, how in the world did this happen to me? Mm. And how did Jesse not get one? How did Anthony not get one? I was like, I felt terrible, and I felt so guilty, and I was like. I'm just a fucking poser. Like, I, and 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 these guys are like, you know, real actors, and I get one and they don't. You know, like, I it really bothered me. I didn't have the reaction that one would think that you would have when you when you uh, get nominated for a Tony. I was like, what? What are they crazy? <laughs> That's it's super just interesting. It's 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 it was like one of those roles that you, you. I mean, and you are brilliant in the role. I actually got to see you when you you and Anthony came back to close Broadway. Um, okay. See, I was much better then. I think. <laughs> yeah. I, well, you're, you honestly, I mean, um, well, we didn't know we didn't we didn't come back to close Broadway. That was, wasn't Anthony and I. We came back. We came back in 2007 for the summer. Got it. Um, Got and, it. and then we did Closing. the tour in 2009. Yeah. No, I think that was Renee and Will, I think, that did. the And, and who was Mark? Oh, God, I can't even remember who Mark was in that closing cast. Anyway. Um, yeah. I got to see you in the but, background uh, of the orchestra. Yeah. It was epic. Super well, it, you know, it, it was great for us to be able to come back and certainly for me uh, to be able to come back and do the show again as a more seasoned actor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And 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 because I, I found so many more things and I was actually able to enjoy doing the show a lot more. Mm. You know, vocally, I was much stronger. I knew how to take care of myself by that point. Mm-hmm. It had been all these years later, you know. Um, and so it was just a much more pleasant experience for me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You, well, you touched on that. I'd actually love to know the, the vocal, vocal health, vocal training sort of stuff, because you have one of the most iconic voices of, of this ridiculous art form that we love. Did you ever take Thank a you. voice lesson or, or t- train with people or was it, what, did you get your, your, your training and truly like in clubs and singing in rock bands and how do I sustain this life? Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of did. That's really sort of the, where it came from. It came from it. Well, I'll start by saying, Whatever I do and however I've learned to do it, I, 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 I'm assuming that I have proper technique I, I, because I don't lose my voice. You know what I mean? Mm. Not that I don't have vocal issues and, and have problems like everybody else, but, but you know, I never had nodes. I never had vocal cord issues. I never had like that kind of stuff. I get fatigued. I get tired. I get phlegm. I get all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But like, so I think my, for whatever reason, and again, it's just luck, I, I developed the, the, a proper technique in the way that I sing. That doesn't mean that every note that comes out of my mouth is done with proper technique. I do all sorts of crazy things with my voice and I use different parts of my head and face and body, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> especially when I'm doing my stuff, not necessarily in musical theater, but, um, uh, and so, so yeah, it, and, and it, and it just, it came out of, um, you know, I used to sit in my bedroom with headphones on, big stereo headphones, and you know, in the early '80s, listening to you know Iron Maiden records and mm-hmm. listening to Ronnie Dio records, and like and and singing along, but having to sing so loud that that I could hear myself <laughs> come back through the headphones. You know, I wasn't mic'd; they had these headphones on. Um, and so I st- and also these guys were such powerful singers, right, you know what I mean? Right. And Queen and Journey mm-hmm. and and um and The Who and Zeppelin. Like I just I was I was always I always gravitated towards strong singers, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And, and and even Billy Joel, Elton John, who I adore and have sang my whole life. Like you know they don't get enough credit for their singing. Mm-hmm. You Truly. know those guys are great singers, and and their style of singing is is. 
I mean, you know exactly who they are immediately. Nobody sounds like them. Like they are, they, they are unique vocalists, those two. And I, I always try and say that to like give them both, you know, like they should get more credit for that. That's a um, really, really good point that I, I am thrilled that you brought up because it's something I've wanted to say on this podcast and highlight, which is that Joe and I went to Michigan and studied musical theater. So we're basically the opposite of you. We like went to school <laughs> and they were like, this is how Broadway must be done. Learn it this way yeah, and yeah. then go and figure out what it will be well and with 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 michael McElroy about to be at the helm i don't think it's going to be taught that yo, way i agree i this, think they've they've drastically shifted the the go ahead Joe. and that's huge actually michael McElroy sure. yeah. taking over the musical theater program in michigan we haven't actually talked about it on this podcast yet because but that, that is the greatest decision in the history of decisions for the next generation <laughs> of musical theater majors at the university of michigan i just we have to say I that. agree. So, anyway. For sure. Yeah. The point I was trying to just get to really fast and just highlight of something that you just said is that like it's okay to sound different and be different. And I think that Joe and I lived in this generation where we were all trying to sound like someone or like everyone in this weird way. Like I have right. these couple of voices and yours is somehow one of them, but your voice is so uniquely you that no one could ever do that. And I don't think that musical theater performers when they're younger allow themselves or are taught to do that. Like as we bring yeah. pop music back into musical theater more and more, it's going to be even more important that you have these like unique characteristics to your voice yeah. to really call to how pop music functions because of all of these artists that we listen to who never sound like anybody else. Right, right. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and, I, and I, I always encourage that when I work with students and I do master classes is encourage their, their uniqueness and what makes them them. Now, look, especially when you're young, you know, when I was a teenager, I just wanted to sound like Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden. You know what I mean? Like that's just, and so, and so everything I sang sounded like Bruce, you know what I mean? It was just like, and like the guys in the band were like, do you have to sing with so much vibrato? And I was like, that's what I do, man. You know, like, <laughs> um, cause that's what Bruce does, you know? Um, so I, I get that, you know what I mean? And it, and it, look, it, it, it takes a long time and it takes an active continuation and process to find who you are. I, you know, look, I'm still finding it. You know what I mean? It's, I think it's a constant evolving process, you know, yeah. it's when you're in show business and you do something artistic and it, as it should be, mm -hmm. it should never, you know, be, become stale and stop. Like, and so I'm like vocally for me, I'm still trying to push myself. I, I still do. I still, I'm still trying to be a better singer. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, I don't want to be one of those people that like, as they get older, they lose their voice. You know what I mean? For me, yeah. like I want my voice to get better and stronger and richer. And quite frankly, it has because I push it, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? I, and, um, yeah. and so, and, and so, but, but to get more back to your specific point, um, uh, yes, it, more uniqueness needs to be encouraged. And, and, and I think it is because, because of the eclecticness of the styles of music that are being produced on Broadway and becoming popular, you know, parts of, as you say, the, the zeitgeist of musical theater. Um, yeah. so it, 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 it it's, it's going to require unique voices, right. you know what I mean? Exactly. Out of necessity, right. exactly. you know? Right. Uh, so, so, so I, I, so I, um, I, I'm I'm glad that you guys are embracing that you know uh, that that concept because it is so important. It's it's what makes anyone stand out. Anyone who is a 
successful singer on Broadway. If you think about any of them, any of us, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Who are the stars? None of us sound like any each other. Right. And, you know, and 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 kind of none of us sound like anyone else. Like so right. so it's interesting that it's it, that uniqueness is not pushed more because uniqueness is clearly what is celebrated and it's what elevates people to stardom because right, all right. of the stars on Broadway who do Broadway have a unique sound. There is something about all of our voices that is, you know, uniquely us, you know, Idina doesn't sound like Kelly O'Hara right. and, you know, and, and, um, and, and Heather doesn't sound like, um, Willius White and Heather, you know, like right. whatever it is, uh, yeah. uh, you know, like whatever, how, whatever comparisons you want to make, I don't sound like Norbert, you know what right, I mean? Like right. you can, you can compare, you know, you can, any of us. And so, so it's, it's, it, it, I think that it should be encouraged more because it's cl- again because that's clearly what works, but yet somehow the opposite tends to get enforced, right? Yeah, yeah. That's and, so and I and I realize as an educator it must be a double edged sword because I think a lot of I came into school being heavily influenced by voices like yours and shows like Spring Awakening, and came into college kind of like growing up listening to Fall Out Boy and pop punk and like that's what my voice sounded like. And I could have just right. kept going in that direction and carved like a really unique lane for myself. And I kind of still have, but my teachers were trying to foster a richer, more yes. developed sound and, and encourage me to do things that I didn't do. So it's it's yeah. not that they were trying to push me, but right. Well, but see that, and, and that's what needs to happen. They yeah. need to they need to take what's already there, your existing talent, right. your existing instinct, and nurture that as well not not try and at all stifle it because because what a great look i look at it i think of these things and this is something that i have worked on in my career which is developing different characters for my voice so that i can sing in different ways and sound in different ways depending on a, a character that i'm playing right um and not so just not so different that it doesn't sound like me but just you know and so and i consider that you know, having tools in your toolbox yeah. as an actor and as a singer, right. you know? And so, you know, if I can, if I can sing uh, a, a show like, you know, or just, I, not that I've done it on Broadway or anything, but like music, like Hedwig. Okay. Like a real rock score. Like sh- that's real. I mean, you know, yeah. when I think of a rock score, I think of Hedwig, like that is real. Like I just, I put that on, you know, in my, just my rock mix, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, because it's just such awesome rock music, you know, anyway. You've never done Hedwig? No, I haven't. Oh my God. Um, um, but anyway, so don't distract. No, sorry. Me. So sorry. I, 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 so yeah, so, um, so there's, so I, I, you know, there's that, but then, you know, if I, if I want to sing the Phantom or if I want to sing right, Les Mis, right. like I, I have to sing a different way. I have to bring out a different tone and I have to approach it differently vocally. And, um, and so it was really important to me and continues to be, to be able to do that depending on the show and what I'm doing. It makes me versatile. It makes one versatile. It's like being able to speak in different accents. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. sort of look at it as this, as a similar thing. Um, uh, but no, I've never done uh, Hedwig. I love Hedwig, um, and, but no, I've never done. I sing the music all the time, but but I've never been in the show. Yeah, I don't know. I'm putting that out there. Can we yeah, please? Uh, <laughs> that, that is so. That's I, I I I hope people get a lot from what you just said because that is incredibly valuable for anybody who's trying to develop their their voice and you know and even for dan and i i mean that's just i mean yeah it's a really good point because like i say i wish that i like followed my unique sound more but i also wish that i had something like a jesse mueller has which is like the girl can sing every style she can go from carousel to carol king to sarah Bareilles, and it's still her but it's very much 
the right style. And that's what you have to do, you know? I agree yeah. because because you know we, we want to be able to be as again as versatile as we as castable as we can right. you know what I right. mean and 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 to me that's what's so fun about this career is to be able to to disappear into these other characters and play make believe I mean that's what's so fun and I mean it really is like sort of like the best career you get to play make believe and dress up and sing amazing music and and get paid moderately well for it <laughs> you know so. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Classic. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus uh what has been what would you say has been the greatest challenge that you've faced so far uh not quitting when things get really hard which is most of the time Interesting. You know, yeah, um, that's, you sound yeah. you sound like us. You sound like you've been listening to our show. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that to me, yeah. to me, my, from my perspective, that's the job. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have a career in show business, and my job is to not leave that career in show business when things just get desperate, which they periodically do and always will. You know what I mean? The the the, the when I work, when I get hired for something. Those aren't jobs. Those are the, that's, that's the prize. That's the prize that I get for sticking it out over and over and over again and not quitting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so for me, the, the, that's the job is to just do all the things that I need to do to not quit and not give it up because I just can't stand it anymore. You know what I mean? Because look, I, I wish that I was somebody. And when I first got into the business, I was like, I got a thick skin. I thought I had a thick skin because everybody loved me and I was the star of rent. And, you know, but I don't, <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't have a thick skin. I don't deal well with rejection. I don't like not getting parts, which I do often not get parts. People think, oh, like, oh, they're knocking down your door and you're constantly getting offered this and offered that. That's so not the case. Right. Um, and so. And I go for long periods of time where I'm not in a show. Right. You know, luckily, I have this aspect of my music career where I go out and I do my own gigs. And that has been a, a mainstay of my career lots, you know, over the years where mm -hmm. I wasn't in a show, you know. But point being is, is that it's a miserable business. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> And, 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 and I'm, I don't sugarcoat it. I tell, you know, and, 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 if, you know, if you want somebody to tell you how wonderful it is, then you're going to have to ask somebody else. Um, I love that. The, again, the, pr the prize of, of doing work, um, uh, is, is what it's all about. And, 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 that, and I love it so much, uh, that, that, that's why I keep doing it. And now I'm so far into it. I can't get out of it. Yeah. Now it's 25 right. years in and I'm 50 and I'm like, what, I'm going to give it up. You know what I mean? And, right. and go, you know, look, I wish I had the skills to be a carpenter. I, I would use them. I really would use them, but I can't go back 
and 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 learn that now. It's too, you know, it, at tw- it, when I'm 75, I'll be a good successful carpenter. I don't want to spend the next 25 years building a new career, you know. Right. I love that so much and couldn't agree anymore. <laughs> it's like he's been inside my head. It's like he's been Damn. inside my head. I mean, and us, but just with the last year, especially, I mean, and Dan and I, you know, we've gone through massive right. bouts of unemployment and the last year has been so incredibly sure. depressing that it's like, like to hear that from, from someone like you is so, it's like misery loves company. You know, we're all going to be okay. And we're not at the same time. You know? yeah. Well, that's <laughs> right, the thing. Right. It's, it's, I, I think, I think, look, I, I, I do the best I can certainly in recent years to try and live in my truth, you know, and, yeah. and that's not always been easy for me. Um, but, um, one of the ways that I try and do it is when I'm asked things like this to, and not that I've ever really been someone to sugarcoat stuff, but, but to be honest, I've been doing this long enough now that I think I have a little bit of wisdom, you know what I mean? Um, and so I know that like, I talk loud and I curse and I gesticulate and like, it's like, (laughs) you know, I, 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 I probably have an air as if like, I know what I'm talking about. You know what? I do know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. 10 years ago, I probably talked the same way with the same air of confidence and maybe didn't quite know what I was talking about, but I think now I do. Now I feel like I'm confident in my own wisdom and that I've, that I've navigated this business for enough years. Yeah. I've done enough things. I've seen enough things. I've had enough experience that I think that my wisdom carries weight to it. Um, yeah. and so, uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I love that. We, we ask everybody, is there a, like a book or a resource or something that you found invaluable, um, in your careers or something like, you know, you talk about living in your truth or, or, you know, is it can be, it can be an album or something, something that you're like, Oh, this is my, you know, something that really steers your ship. No, no I haven't. Um, I have found things about, the world and life and my, and the things that are, that interest me that, that, keep me uh engaged you know i in recent years i you know um i i i have a, a a again it's it's about this sort of pursuit of truth you know and i i follow people who i feel are good guides in the pursuit of truth you know and i i listen to people like sam harris and mm-hmm. the late christopher hitchens and um ricky gervais and uh you know um Lawrence Krauss. And, you know, these are all scientists and philosophers and, and, um, and authors and, um, and, and people who, you know, who are interested in the nature of reality, you know what I mean? And, and the universe and, 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 and culture and humanity and our brains and all of that stuff. Um, and so, uh, you know, that has occupied a lot of my mental thinking in recent years. Um, yeah. and I'm just really excited by those things, you know, I love that. Yeah. And there is such access to it through podcasts and through, you know, like, you know, making it sort of, you know, the democratization of, of, you know, of information in that way. Um, I love that. Love that. Yeah. Love that. Um, you know, we, we ask everybody what, what your, the most influential musical is on your career. And it doesn't have to be something you've done. It sure, certainly can be, and and it sounds like like cabaret. I mean, we talked about it a lot earlier that 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 may have have really been you know sort of a a a, a big a big sort of you know shift in your career. But is there something else? Is are there any other shows that are incredibly influential to you that you found? Um, well, um, I I love doing comedy, and mm. I and so having getting to do. Um, uh, disaster and then something rotten, um, w- w- I think was really, really important for me 
personally again and career wise. Mm. I think people said, oh, wow, he's funny. You know, right. and so and 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 that again, talk about tools in your tool belt that opens up a whole new world. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know, I would love to play Max in the producers, oh, you hmm. know, like I, I and, and again, I pe- nobody would ever look at me and think that. But you know what? I'd kill that role. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 it's, you know, and I love doing comedy, you know, and, and so and and um, I, in, in all honesty, like it's kind of like my favorite thing. Like, like there's no, there's nothing more. I love more in this world to laugh and there's nothing more I love than to make people laugh, right. you know? And so, um, to, to be in those shows and experience that and to work with these other comedic actors who are so brilliant, who I learned so much from, you know, between everyone in disaster and then, and then Rob McClure and Josh Grissetti and like, mm-hmm. and, and Blake Hammond and all these people like, I, I, I just learned so much, you know, you just, you're around these people, Roger Barton, Kevin Chamberlain and Faith Prince and Carrie, but like you just, you're around these people. You can't help but absorb and Jen Samard, you can't help but absorb the, the funniness, you know? <laughs> um, so, um, so I, I think that that's been super important for me of, of recent years, you know? I love it. Love what, it. what advice would you have for somebody who's starting out? If you could go back, it's going to be either be for, you know, a, omnipresent somebody else or it could be something that you wish you'd known that you wish that you had done earlier or something like that or for dan and joe i wish that yeah right that's usually how it ends up (laughs) yeah well no it's just that um if you can understand the 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 uphill battle and that it's always going to be uphill. It never plateaus. Mm-hmm. It may e- the, the the slope will ease and and the gradients will will change. But it's always uphill. And if you know that, and if you're prepared for that, that's I think the best advice I can give you uh, or anybody in going into show business. Like you're never look you're choose A-list actors. You know what I mean? Uh, granted, they're 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 issues are different but but to a certain extent they're not and i used this example yesterday and i don't know why i pulled her i just pulled her out of the air so this has nothing to do with her in particular but like i said take someone like jennifer aniston jennifer aniston is arguably an a-list star Mm -hmm. right i mean not even arguably she's clearly an a-list star jennifer aniston undoubtedly doesn't get a lot of the roles i'm sure she wants right right you know what i mean right I'm, you know what I mean? I'm sure that there's lots of things that like, that, that Nicole Kidman gets or that this one gets or that that one gets that she doesn't get, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? That she really wanted to, and it hurts her and it makes her feel rejected. And it, and it, and she goes through the same things that I go through when I don't get the show or that you don't get the show. You know what I mean? And so it's important for people to know also that it, it will never get to that place and you will never not feel rejected when you don't get something and you will always not get something even when you get to the level of Jennifer Aniston. Right. You know what I mean? So totally, totally, totally. Right. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. It's, um, it's, it's, it's tragic. Yeah. But it's also unifying. Yeah. No, it, <laughs> it's a yeah. reality that needs to be accepted. Yes. It's a reality. If you are going to survive right. and not kill yourself, yeah. Because, you know, it's just a reality that you have to accept. Understand, look, in any business, in anything you do as a young person, if you're moving ahead in life, you should be as well informed of this, whatever chosen career you're going into, mm-hmm. of what the reality of that career is, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. And so, and with show business, most people don't give you the reality. Right. You get some bullshit Instagram version of what you think a life in show business is. And, and, and you go, I want that. 
which has always been the nature of show business. Right. You know what right. I mean? It's, oh, I want to be a star. I mean, that's always what, you know. Um, but, yeah. you know, I, I've lived through it. So I can tell you that it's, it's you know, there are things that are wonderful and then a lot of it sucks. Well, and I think too that, that there's something, I was just thinking about this, that like there's this, in, I don't I think we're the only career where somebody says, oh, I want uh-huh. to make it. I want to make it. I want to, uh, you know, oh, right. I've made Which it. Which is such an amorphous concept. Yeah. What does that what does even that mean? mean? Exactly. And then, what and does, it, that, what and does that look like? And it's bullshit. It's, it's, a, it's a life of, of slowly climbing uphill and, and having the gradient change um, as opposed right. to making it because, you know, that the, I don't think that that expectation is on any other career. And also it shouldn't be on ours because it is bullshit. Right. And you know what, like I, I, you can make it. I quite, you're, you're so right because it's so funny in show business. It's like, I want to make it, which really is an amorphous idea. And it never actually happens because whatever making it is constantly changing and different for everybody. But there are industries where like, just now that I'm thinking about it, we're like, okay, if you say I want to be a cardiac surgeon, well, if you become a cardiac surgeon in a hospital and, and, and you save people's lives being, you've made it. You, right, like you've, I've made it. I've done what I set out to do. I've made right. it. You know what I mean? So there, in other careers, you actually can make it. <laughs> so if you want to make it, go into a different <laughs> yeah, career. Right. Well, show business is not the career. To right, make. exactly. Because it's not. It's not a meritocracy. It's not about how hard you work. You're yeah. going to work no, really hard no. for shit you don't get. And and right. it's 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 fleeting. Because even yeah, if exactly. you do book the thing that you've always wanted to book, it will come to an end. <laughs> It, it will come to an Which end and eventually, that, but... no matter how hot you may be, because I've gone through this, eventually you won't be. Right. You know right. what I mean? And, and, and you could get, again, it's, it'll go up and down, but like you, you're, the, you're of interest in, a, in the moment. Like I'm doing a ton of press right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, I've got this concert coming out. I'm talking to people. I was on press all day yesterday. I'm getting all this narcissistic supply. I'm talking <laughs> to people and everyone's telling me how wonderful I am. And it's so nice to talk to you. And I'm talking to this outlet and that outlet and this, but you know what? After today it's over and I'm not going to talk to anybody for months on it. Right. So it's like, <laughs> so the, you know, people need to understand the reality of what it is. You know? That's awesome. <laughs> That's yeah, you just awesome. need to store it away store in the away. narcissism ego bank and let the <laughs> exactly. you know, and then take <laughs> as long as you can so to funny. let it defrost. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, well, we're getting to the end. We we're, we're so grateful that you you talk. It was actually well. Here we'll, we'll say this. It was so horrible talking to you. This this was this was this was terrible. So, uh, but our last, the last question um, that I always like to ask yep. people is I call it the unreachable star question, which is like, you know, what do you have? What are you pointed towards now? Is there something on the horizon that you really want to do? Like you said, comedy. Like like you want to do more comedies. You want to do the producers. Is there something that you really love to accomplish now, even after you've accomplished so much? Well, I, I want to continue the, the the longevity that I've had. You know, mm-hmm. I, I want to just continue to work and continue to follow paths that are laid out in front of me that maybe weren't there yesterday. You know, I mean, that's been a really exciting thing about my career. Um, So I I don't have any particular goals like I want to accomplish this or I want to get on a TV show or I want to do I don't, you know, Um, I I enjoy, quite frankly, having steady income. Sure. And so, you know, I, you know, I have a family and I have a son in college and I'm going to have another son in college. And like so so I want to accomplish continuing to work wherever that wherever that can be, you know. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. For yeah. sure. Um, well, I want to thank you for coming on the show and for, you know, being 
living your truth, for sharing your Thank truth you. with us. And, Absolutely. you know, just wanting to highlight, like, when I fell in love with musicals, and I'm sure Joe feels very similarly, a lot of people said it was corny and it wasn't cool, but you were one of the people that made it cool. And I guess I'm thanking you for that, even though you were just being yourself, but it, it is really amazing to get the opportunity to talk to you on this show, this idea that Joe and I had, and, and for you to to share your truth with us here is just a true blessing. And I want to thank you for, for sharing that with us. Well, thank you for saying that. I, I, I really appreciate that. And I'm, I'm humbled by that. And, uh, I'm just, uh, I'm so grateful that I can, that I'm part of this community and have had any impact whatsoever on anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. Thank you so much, Adam. This was, uh, Absolutely. truly, Thanks, truly. Guys. And like, I will, you know, I made the joke, but it's, it really was just amazing to talk to you and we've been fans of you for a long time. So, um, thank you. And, and thank you for, I'm so glad that you told me that story about Aida. I've never, <laughs> I've never met anyone who was there that night. So I'm actually, it's great. To talk I, to I, I'm so, I've always wanted to, I was like, Oh my gosh, maybe I get this opportunity to, but like in what context? Cause like, if we were to work on something together, like if I was like in something yeah. rotten, I wasn't going to come up to you on a 10 and be like, Hey man. So what's crazy is that, you know, <laughs> you know, so it's, remember when you remember fell, when you fell <laughs> this is like, it was a perfect opportunity to, to tell you, to tell you the story. And actually I, I was doing frozen back in 2019 and I told Tom Schumacher and, and he had a similar reaction. Okay. He was like, I, I've never met anybody who was in the audience that night. And he tells us to, he yeah, told yeah. me he was like, you know, we were on a plane back to Los Angeles and basically landed and got right back on a plane and came back. Um, right, you know, right. and so I just, an unbelievable sort of little piece of musical theater history that I didn't even know that I was, well, you know, a part of. Yeah. As a, yeah. Well, it's amazing. Thank And I appreciate you telling me the story. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So best of luck with the concert and, and everything else. Thanks, and, guys. and thank you for this. Thank and hopefully you. we, uh, you know, be awesome to work together and, and I hope so, soon. man. All right. If you guys become big actor, director, producers, remember to hire. Yeah, exactly. In a rock star <laughs> comedy. In, a, in the rock star comedy. In a, yes, that would be good. <laughs> awesome, man. Thank you so much. Awesome. We'll talk Thanks, to you guys. Soon. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Guys Who Like Musicals. We are now part of the Broadway Podcast Network. Woo! We are hosted by Dan Tracy. That's you. And Joe Carroll. That's me. We're produced by Ryan Kincaid, and Matthew Mucha is the social content manager. You can find us on Instagram at Guys Who Like Musicals, on Twitter at Musical Guys, or the old-fashioned way at www.guyswholikemusicals.com. If you'd like a chance to be featured on the Ask the Guys segment of our show, please call 203-900-7990 and leave a message with your question. As always, thanks for listening. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. 
This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.